Welcome. You're listening to sermons and talks from Providence Church in Brisbane. We believe that God speaks to us through his word, the Bible. So we pray that as you listen, you'll be encouraged and challenged to love Jesus and live for him. For more information about Providence Church, please visit our website, www.providencechurch.com. Peoples praise you, God, and may all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still, so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Father, do, we do thank you that you do speak to us through your word, and we pray now, Lord, as we hear from it, that you'll, your spirit will be at work moving our hearts, helping us to get to know you deeper, helping us uh, to, to consider what it means to be blessed um, by you and, how, uh, and what we're meant to do with that. So I do pray uh, for that and pray, Lord, that, that Christ will be glorified through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, what I often notice around the holiday period, especially in December and coming up to New Year's, is that my friends will post on social media uh, or people I see or people I follow, influencers, they'll post on social media uh, a photo dump of their year or a reel or something like that, the year gone by, and they'll caption it with something that goes along the lines of blessed or hashtag blessed. And I know this because well, I'm, I'm one of those people. Uh, one of those people who would post up photos, highlights of my year and conclude 100%, you know, God is good, feeling blessed. But it's actually one of those things that actually makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. It makes me feel a little comfortable. I'll tell you why. When I see on social media influencers or people I know sharing photos of them on holidays and photos of them with food and photos with friends and family around them, the great moments of life, I feel uncomfortable because often at times it's not always true, is it? It's not always real. It doesn't always factor in the times it was hard, the seasons of grief, the times of hardships. We don't share photos um, when, in those moments and we filter them instead and we only show the best parts of our life and we hashtag or caption it, blessed. But are we still blessed even in the times when we struggle? Are we not blessed even in the darker seasons of life when things are hard as we walk through the valleys uh, in those seasons? Are we not blessed if I don't get those opportunities like having a holiday or going out to eat at that nice cafe every weekend. Are we not blessed in those moments? It also makes me feel a little uncomfortable because while we are in a comfortable, say, Western society, Western nation, enjoying our freedoms, enjoying our wealth, there are many around the world who aren't. Many who in other nations have, are dealing with war or natural disasters or loss and hardship. 2023 wasn't a blessed year for everyone, was it? And... and if we're only talking about these good, happy, and comfortable parts of life, then it sort of, it irks me a little bit that we can say we're blessed and other parts of the around the world people aren't feeling that. But also what makes me feel really uncomfortable is that we take this blessing in life, the good things that we have, the, uh, the material blessings, all that stuff, we accept it. We're thankful for it. We, we, you know, we're, there's gratitude, but often it doesn't go further than that. We're thankful and then we just get on with life. We just keep it to ourselves, and then we publicize it to the world. Yeah, we all want to be blessed, don't we? We all hope for it as the new year comes rolling in. We all want to be blessed, have blessings. But what are we meant to do with that? What does it mean to be blessed, and why? What is the purpose of being blessed by God as Christians? I want to help us today uh, 
especially for the Christian. But if you're not a Christian here, I hope you can listen in on why um, blessing is such an important thing for Christians. But Psalm 67 is a song in prayer, really, that points us to what being blessed truly means and how that prepares us for what God has in store. Uh, remember the Psalms are written originally for the people of the Old Testament, right? God's, God's people in the Old Testament, which was Israel. That was the nation, God's nation, uh, in um, previous times before Jesus' time. Israel were um, God's people, and these songs, they were sung at, at the temple, at, in synagogues, as a way to express their worship to God, expressing their feelings towards God, uh, often of praise or lament and sorrow before God as well. And so these Psalms... Um, have that sort of tone to them. They're, they're very poetic because uh, they're, they're meant to be sung. But as we read this uh, psalm today, it's, it's, a, it's really a request, isn't it? It's, it sounds like a prayer. So you're singing like a prayer to God right now. Let, let's go back to the first verse. It says this, May God be gracious to us and bless us make, and make his face shine on us. May God. We're asking, requesting this of God. It sounds like a prayer, doesn't it? It sounds like a prayer because the writer of this psalm is in fact using words that are very familiar from a prayer that Israel has, has used in the past. It goes all the way back to the book of Numbers. I've got it on the screen, I think in Numbers chapter 6, verse 22, it says this. Right? This, is, this is a prayer that was taught to Moses. So Moses was one of the leaders of Israel back in the day. Number 6, the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, who was a priest, and his sons, who were the line of priests, this is how you are to bless the Israelites, the people of God. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. You see, the priests of Israel, they were, they were told to, to, to pray this prayer of the people as one of blessing may his may god bless you make it may his face turn toward you his grace and peace be upon you right and what are they praying for they're praying for god's goodness aren't they praying for god's goodness and loving presence to be with them this idea of god's face shining upon you that's a, it's like just a metaphorical fa- phrase really if you hear that it's you're, you're thinking about god's presence upon this person uh Alternatively, you can see, you know, on the other hand, it's, if you hear God has hidden this, his face from or turned his face away, you might have heard that before, then God has distanced himself from that person. So the Psalms begins asking, praying for this blessing of God's presence, his care, his, his peace, his grace. And isn't that what blessing truly means? To know God, to, to have a relationship with him, to be in his presence, to receive his grace, divine peace that can't be found anywhere else. And what happens often with this word blessed to describe our gratitude is to describe our gratitude in life. We use this word blessed again, like for our health or for our prosperity, the job that we want, the money in the bank, the, the friends that we have, we're loved, we have that new car, the designer goods, and we say, I'm so blessed. And what we've done is we look at the good gifts of this life, and because we have them, we think, oh, life is good, therefore we conclude we're blessed. But is that what blessed means in the Bible? Unfortunately, I think well-intentioned Christians, uh, even myself at times, we take this word blessed and we've used it to mean something a lot more like what a secular person or non-believer would say is the good life. I'm blessed because I'm living this good life that the world thinks is a good life. Now, don't get me wrong, right? 100% believe you should attribute the seasons of life when you experience goodness and abundance and love and joy to be a gift from God. It, It does fall under the definition of being blessed. That's true. But at the root of it, at the root of it, is that what being blessed means? Life going smoothly. Does being blessed means, does it equate to just happiness? You see, the Bible sees being blessed as being in the presence of God. It's to know Him, 
to have him as your God, as one you can pray to, depend on, who has eternity prepared for you. That's where blessedness is found. And for the Christian in the room, being blessed is our status, isn't it? Given to us in Christ. We, we're not living in, in, in Israel. We're not uh, Israelites. We're, we're Christians living in 2024. And Ephesians 1 tells us this. Uh, in the New Testament, Ephesians 1, it says this. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. You see, our blessing comes from being in Christ. Our relationship with God restored because of Christ. You see, the gospel that we talk about, the gospel that we believe in, the good news is that our sins has, has been forgiven, have been forgiven. Jesus died on our behalf. He was a substitute for our sin so that through faith we're covered by his blood, covered by his holiness, covered by his righteousness. And when you come to books like Ephesians, it, it, it opens up with this. It says we've been blessed. That means we're, we're holy and blameless before God, in the sight of God. Without that, in, without that it means the reality is our, our sin means God would turn his face away from us. His face wouldn't shine upon us because of our sin. When he looks at us, though, he doesn't see our sin any longer, does he? He sees the blood and righteousness of Christ that covers us. Instead, he, what, what has happened in history at the cross of Jesus is he turned his face away from Jesus. He turned his face away from Jesus so that his face could shine upon us. See, we're blessed because through Christ we have now access to God, a restored relationship. We've been granted a seat at his table. We can now be called God's children. We have an audience with our king, an eternity in his presence. That's what being blessed means. You see, we all want to be blessed, but to be blessed begins with receiving the gracious gift of Christ, our Redeemer, and putting our trust in Him. In Christ, we have experienced God's grace, His blessing, His face that shines upon us. And so we can hashtag blessed, even if we're struggling or even if we're feeling weak. Jesus says it Himself in Matthew 5. Uh, I don't have it on screen, but He talks about how blessed are those poor in spirit, blessed are those who are meek, blessed are those who mourn, who are, who are hungry. He's not saying, blessed are those who are relaxing on a beach, you know, on holidays. Blessed are those who can afford a new shiny car or eat out at fancy restaurants. He's not saying that. A part of being blessed is that humble status of being in the presence of God in Christ. Now, that's just verse 1, right? The writer of the psalm goes on. I'll read it from again, verse 1 and 2. I think I have it on the screen, but it says, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all the nations. What the writer does is he brings these two very well-known parts of Israel's history into these two verses. The first part I already uh, mentioned was the prayer of blessing, right? That, that he told Moses to tell the priests, right? May God's grace, may his face shine upon us. But the second part, so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all the nations, where's that from? It's a promise, isn't it? It's a promise God has made to Abraham all the way back in Genesis 12. I've got this on the screen as well. I mean, you can follow along in your Bibles. That's what your Bibles are there for. But I'll read it from the screen. It says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I'll make your name great and you'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I'll curse you. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. See, what the psalmist is doing here in 67, Psalm 67 is he's bringing these two truths together. Um, splices that's a word right splice he splices them he connects these two truths that we are blessed by god as his people we're recipients of his grace and truth and love 
but we who are blessed are called to be a blessing to the nations. Right? That, that word in, in verse 2, so that, is so key for us. So that we'll bless the nations. May you bless us so that your name, God, and your salvation can be known among the nations. If we skim through the following verses uh, in, in Psalm 67, and I just put it all there, but it's in your Bibles as well. If you skim through it, the song we're singing isn't just for God's name to be known. Verse 3, it's for God to be praised. Verse 4, so the nations can have joy and gladness, so they can enjoy God. Verse 7, so they will be, God will be feared. And that, you know, last week we talked about fear and the humble reverence before God. Known, praised, enjoyed, revered, feared. We've been blessed so that um, through us, amongst the nations, God can be known, praised, enjoyed, and feared. Is that our desire? Do we believe he's worthy of that? Because I think he is. He's worthy of that praise. And, and, and when through us, the people of the nations um, will, will come to know why he's worthy of praise too. I hope. For Israel, that was what they knew of him. They experienced the blessing of having God exclusively as their God. They'd seen him work in history, rescuing them from slavery. You know, in the book of Exodus, that's what it's all about, rescue. He provided for them in the wilderness. That's another story in the Bible. In bringing them to the promised land. Israel was a nation set apart for God. He, they were his treasured possession. That's what they, they're called. They were blessed. And through following God's commandments, living a life of holiness and, and justice, they were to be a nation that was set apart so they could stand out amongst the nations. So they could be set out as holy and good and pointing people to the good and holy God that they worship. They did, they lived their lives following God's commandments so they could bless the nations around them. That's what they were called to do all the way back since Abraham in, in Genesis. And this idea is like they were meant to be like, there was like an attractional model there, an attractional model to their nation, that, to the God that they worshipped. And through that, through living their lives, they were spreading God's goodness to the world around them. But for us, isn't that even more true? For us, isn't that even more true of our experiences of God as well? When we read this psalm as a Christian with the lens of a Christian, the reality is they're felt so much more, aren't they? Verse 1, we do acknowledge He's gracious. The grace of God has shined upon us. We see that in Christ, that God has moved toward us in love and grace and mercy and compassion. He took the initiative, didn't He, in Christ for us to be saved while we were still sinners. He's a gracious God. Verse 4, He rules with equity. That means He's a God of justice. And he sees humanity as it truly is. Before God, there is no division by status, no class or caste system, whether you're a prince or a pleb. God judges and rules with equity. And in Christ, that judgment came. It came upon Jesus. So whether, in the Bible it says, whether you're a Jew or Gentile, male or female, slave or free, you have equal access to God. We all have equal access to God because God rules with equity. That's what verse 4 says. He doesn't let sin go unpunished, but in love, Jesus took the judgment for us, the punishment for us. God is just. We've seen that at the cross as Christians. He's, so he's gracious and he's just. Thirdly, he's also powerful. He guides the nations, it says in verse 4. He has planned and ordained the direction of our world. That's what providence means, that he has planned all things. All things unfold according to his plans. He's the God of providence. He's powerfully governing and guiding and providing, gracious, just, powerful. We've seen that in Christ. We've seen his power at work. 
in our own personal lives. In the Bible, we hear the stories of what he's done, raising um, people from the dead, controlling the elements of nature. We believe this about Jesus. This God who is who's gracious and, and just and powerful, even more so as Christians, we've seen that, haven't we? Do you believe that about, about God? Do you believe that about his power, about who he is? Do you know you're blessed because you have access to him? Do you know you're blessed because of Jesus, that you can now have a relationship with our good and great and majestic, powerful God? And if you do, is this your song as well? Is this your prayer? Is this your prayer that through you the nations will be blessed? Is your heart so swept up by God's goodness and grace in your life that you want the nations, you want all people to know the salvation as well? Or is being blessed simply just a trending hashtag for your holiday pictures? Friends, we've been blessed in Christ not simply for our sake, but for the sake of the nations. He doesn't bless us just to be happy and comfortable, to stay in our happy little comfortable bubble. We're blessed to overflow with joy and love that comes from God so that we would spread that joy to the nations around us. We can't deny this. We can't take some parts and reject others. Uh, We can't say, I'm a Christian, but I'm just going to keep it to myself. We can't do that. We're saved to worship God and to evangelize the world. To be a Christian is to be a missionary. Whether you, you agree with that or not, it's there. It's part of who we are, wherever we are, whatever career, whatever you're, whether you're young, old, wealthy, or working class, electrician or engineer, journalist or janitor, school teacher or a surgeon. To be saved in Christ is to be a blessing to the nations, to be instruments in the hands of our Redeemer, bring blessing to those around us. It's part and parcel of our identity. You see, our vision, loving Jesus, loving one another, and loving our world, it all begins with Jesus. If we're truly to love Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we'll love what He loves. We'll love the church, one another here, and we'll love the nations, those around us who are yet to know God, who are yet to know the joy and riches of a relationship with Him. And so will you? Will you jump really into that river of blessings in Christ and swim with the current? Because that river is flowing to all the nations. Will you see your role in the mission God has for us to bless others and bring them to a saving knowledge and faith in Christ? Because there will be a day where the nations will be gathered. There will be a day where there will be people from every nation, tribe, people and language. They'll be worshipping Jesus with us. That's the biblical vision. That's the vision God gives the church. It's a picture of eternity. In Revelation chapter 7 on the screen as well, it says this, This is like a picture of the end times. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. See, as we heard in Psalm 67, the the, the fundamental reason for, for spreading the news of God is that He alone is worthy of worship and praise see revelation speaks of the lamb on the throne that we'll be worshiping and that lamb is the resurrected jesus the anointed king the lord and savior of all humanity that's the vision that we have in front of us that god will be bringing together people a multitude that no one can even count from every nation tribe and language to be people in heaven around god's throne in his presence worshiping our risen lord jesus
if that's where all of history is going to lead one day, if that's the vision, if, if we've been blessed to be a blessing, how are we playing our role? How are we fulfilling our calling to bring more people from every nation to worship Jesus? Are we on mission in our daily lives? There is no loophole to this, is there? There's no excuses. The Christian is one who talks about Jesus with others. That's what we do. If you're not a Christian here, that's why we talk to you about Jesus. Because we have this, this, this truth, this, 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 this treasure that we can't keep to ourselves. We want you to know him as well. That's what evangelism is. Have you ever heard that word evangelism? Uh, evangelical means gospel believing. Evangelism is gospel proclaiming. Okay? So we're an evangelical church. We're a gospel believing church that does evangelism. We proclaim the gospel. But why wouldn't we? I mean, let me argue with you. If you're still hesitant a bit and reluctant, let me, let me, let me um, convince you why you should. All right? Firstly, we want to love people around us with truth. Don't we? we? We want to talk to our, our friends about Jesus and our colleagues and the people we meet. When we do that, what are we doing? We're not seeking to impose something alien, completely alien on them. We're not seeking them to opt into a new worldview or anything like that. What we're doing is we're introducing them to the God who is already there who is already um, their creator and Lord, pointing them to the one who, who made love and freedom and joy. That's what everyone's looking for in life. That's what everyone's trying to hold on to. Well, we're introducing to the one who created all that, who is the source of all that. That's what we're doing. The things that they've tasted in life, we're pointing them, we're, like breadcrumbs, we're pointing them to the source and the creator of it. But we also want them to see God is the one who is reconciling all things to himself through Jesus, who offers peace with God. The very thing we all need, forgiveness of sins through his death on the cross. History. History isn't simply the march of human progress. It's not just this endless parade of, of meaningless events. Rather, God is the director of history. And he's the one that's going to bring, history's, bring about history's goal, which is to see all things come under the lordship of Jesus, right? But secondly, if we truly believe in God and believe what God has done in offering peace to us and believe that Jesus now reigns as king, well, why wouldn't we want to talk about him? Why wouldn't we want to share our joy with the people around us? Think about it. If you discovered something, if you discovered, discovered something so life-changing, so wonderful, something that brought you so much joy, wouldn't you share it with the people around you? Your friends and your family, at least? Come on. You want your friends and family to share that joy with you? You want them to hold on? You don't want to withhold that truth, that wonder from them? Uh, let me give you an example. Um, my wife, Heidi, she's... Uh, at the moment, watching a Korean dating TV show on Netflix. Uh, well, I, you don't need to go look for it. The advertising is very skimpy. Is that the word to use? They, they don't wear much in the advertising. The show itself is pretty wholesome, I, I hear, right? It's called Singles Inferno. You can go look it up. Don't, unless you get stumbled, don't. Um, she loves it, all right? The show itself apparently is really interesting. You learn a lot about people and what they look for in people. She loves it. She always tells me she wants to watch it with me. Sometimes I'm playing video games and she's watching next to me. She's laughing. She wants to tell me what's going on. I don't want to... I'm focused, right? Like, she loves it. And she wants me to watch it with her. And she, wants to she, she really loves it. And isn't that what we do with our joys? We, we want to share our joys with those around us. We just can't keep it to ourselves. You've got to watch this. Now, why are we afraid to share Jesus with our friends? I know why. We're afraid what our friends will respond with, right? Oh, I don't want to hear that rubbish. You can keep your views to yourself. At, at its mildest, oh, sorry, I'm not interested. At its worst, they might say, hey, how dare you? Mind your own business. They might punch you in the face at, the, at its worst. But, and we're afraid of those responses, aren't we? Because we just, we just don't know how they're going to respond. 
Yet when Heidi shares her love with me about this dating reality TV show with me, she's doing what we all humanly do, don't we? She's sharing something that she's excited about. She wants to share that joy with someone else. Your friend recommends to you a new cafe to try, and they give you, they're giving you this raving review about this cafe. You're not going to respond with, not interesting, please stop talking about it. Right? Your friend wants to shout you a ticket to Taylor Swift, right? Because they want you to experience that with someone else. And you might not really like Taylor Swift, but they're going to shout you because they want you to come with them. They want you to experience this concert with them. How dare you try to share this joyful experience with me? They're not going to do that, hopefully. But in life, we do, we do this. We, we, we're, we're afraid. We're afraid to share the joy and love of Jesus with our friends around us, to share the truth of where you and I have found deep peace and contentment, hope and love. But isn't it perfectly natural for us as people, as human beings, to share our love and joy and passions with others around us? Yeah, they might say they're not interested. So what? You know what's harder? Suppressing that joy. That feels worse at times, doesn't it? Sometimes we just need to share because we want others to feel that experience you've had too. Sure, they might not be interested. But at least you, you got it out of your system. At least you got to tell them what you love because you want to bless them as well. So I guess you need to ask yourself this. Do you believe this to be true? And do you believe that He is your joy in life? You see, we've been blessed in Christ. And what is the greatest blessing that you can give to people around us? Is it money? Is it food? Clothes that we chuck in our charity bins? your time in their loneliness or grief, all those things are a great blessing to people. It can be super helpful. Blessings indeed, but wouldn't the greatest blessing be bringing them the message of Jesus, the life-giving message of the gospel, where they can know the life and joy and love in Christ? Yes, bless people with your giving, with material needs. Be generous with what God has blessed you with. But consider this. What if you could bless them with the good news that brings them comfort in times of grief? The good news that brings them love in times of despair. Good news that brings them joy in times of turmoil. What if they were blessed because they came to be, to, to know the good news of Jesus, their Savior? That they've been reconciled to God and that He is enough. That the one who has forgiven them of their sin and gifts them with new life, not just in this lifetime, but has eternal life as well. We have eternal life where joy and love and comfort are secured in heaven with God forever and ever. As a church that's on about loving Jesus and loving our world around us, the most life-changing blessing you can offer to anyone is to love them with the gospel. It's to love them with the good news of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So as we think about this, it worked out that Haley came today. She was sharing about her uh, mission trip to Japan, her, her, uh, her time over there, how she's going to bring the blessing of Jesus to, the, to that nation, to this little town that she's going to. It's probably a big town, but yeah. There's a lot of people in Japan. Uh, I've read some stats, 127 million people and only 1% of the population being Christian. Uh, I saw another stat yesterday that 95% of Japanese people won't meet a Christian in their lifetime, let alone hear the gospel. And that's why we're backing Haley to go. We want to partner with her. We want to pray for her. We want to pray that more and more people will hear about Jesus. And as a church, I'm going to keep encouraging people here as well to consider that, whether you should be going out and, and sharing the gospel with more nations going on overseas mission. There are so many people overseas, and the, the, the harvest is plentiful. There's a lot of countries who, where, where Christianity is on the decline. But while there's a huge need overseas, there are still so many in our backyard as well, in our workplaces, in our classrooms, in our neighborhoods. And even if we just looked around the room, 
or looked at our city of Brisbane, sorry, the, the, nation, uh, he, the nations are here on our doorstep. It's represented by the people here in the room. I, I want to take a moment really to acknowledge when I do look around the room. Man, it's, it's awesome to see. Because it's just a really snapshot. It's a small preview of what heaven's going to look like. Now, we, d we don't have that many nations represented here, but we do have, if I can, just off the top of my head, looking around the room, Australia, of course, people from China, people from South Korea, people from India, people from Vietnam, people from the Philippines, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, Hong Kong, New Zealand, that's another country, <laughs> some European countries, South America, I'll throw in Tahiti as well, because Matthias is from Tahiti. But isn't that awesome? That's a 10 plus, easily over 10 there. Different nations represented in this room. But Providence, the harvest is still plentiful. There's still so many in our city, in our country, and around the world, from many nations who are yet to bow their knee to Jesus. Will we, we who have been blessed by Christ and his salvation, will we, will we be a blessing to the nations? Will we live out being a Christian? Will that be our song and prayer as we think through what we're meant to do with this blessing? Will that be our direction and vision and mission in life, our purpose to bring others alongside us in worship of our gracious, just, and powerful God? Let's pray for that now. Father, we do thank you that we're blessed in Christ, that we have every spiritual blessing in him. Lord, may you remind us, may you, you, your spirit continue to uh, encourage us and, uh, and point us in the direction of, of being a people, Lord, that isn't just keeping this blessing to ourselves, but wanting to spread that to others around us, wanting to preach the good news of Jesus. We want to bring hope and love and joy and freedom to the lost around us. Help us, Lord, have that vision in mind that one day we'll be, uh, a surrounding, uh, we'll be around the throne, surrounding the throne of God, that one day for eternity we'll be worshipping you, we'll be spending time with you, with people around us from every tribe, every nation, every people group. Help us to, to live that out in, in our current lives as we spread the gospel, as we live out um, being a blessing to the nations around us. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen.